Welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an injector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back for another week of For the Record. We're going to highlight another successful entrepreneur today who is surviving and thriving in aesthetics. We have today with us Amy Birkenstam, who is a registered nurse and a certified aesthetic nurse specialist out of Yardley, PA. She's also the owner of Glowderma. And fun fact about Glowderma, I started doing the gain business thing, I don't know, four or five years ago, and I used Amy's marketing in all of my presentations because she is a brand master. Her stuff is absolutely gorgeous. Her Instagram is flawless. So we're going to talk a lot today about her branding, her marketing prowess, her insights into her customer and how to you know, really get her patients in the front door, but also about her being a trainer. She's a national trainer for Galderma. She's teaching and training all the time. She has a new training academy inside of her practice. All the things that she's doing to be successful, growing her business, winning awards, and also being drop-dead gorgeous, and a mother of many, many, many kids. So, Amy, welcome to our podcast. Much for the introduction. It's always lovely to see you, and I'm so excited to be part of your podcast today. Well, you know, I have loved Glowderma for, I don't know, I met you five years ago, maybe give or take. Maybe even been more. And your practice had such an impact on me from day one that I followed your career. I followed what you've been doing for a long time. So I feel like we're like best friends from afar on Instagram because I have been a fan of yours for quite some time and watched you really build this incredible brand that is just doing more and changing and morphing and growing like you know, every single day, especially even COVID, you you came out of COVID and crushed it. So we're going to learn all about your secrets today, not all of them, but most of them, and have you give us some good advice about our own careers. But I want to start in the very beginning. I feel like I've been doing this my whole life, yet it's been seven years since I've taken that first injectable course um, that I couldn't even afford to to pay for myself on that first one. And it just has happened that I absolutely love the connection that I get with people, those relationships, the combination of being creative and artistry and science together is is my absolute favorite thing that I'm able to to create things with people and really help change their lives. Well, and you have this motto, I think, at your practice about come as you are, no, you know, no fluff, no pretense, just be a patient here, belong to our tribe. How did you sort of come up with your vibe or your flow at Glowderma? Was it always that way? Or is this kind of just who you are as a person shining through? I've learned that it, there's something for everybody and everybody should want to, you know, should be, have the opportunity to look and feel their best. So when I opened up Glowderma with that concept and that foundation, I just really wanted to have something that people felt comfortable coming to. But you also had that like high end kind of special experience and to create this uh, oasis more or less. So yes, it's it's who I am, but it's also what I really, really wanted to create here. Well, you mentioned the word oasis. I love that. That is like the perfect word. I've walked into practice, you know, five years ago, and it was like an oasis. Everything felt meticulous. To every the pillows were perfectly fluffed. The the windows were clean. I mean, you had everything just done. You could tell that so much love was poured into the experience for the patient which I think we miss a lot in medicine because we're really busy. We're charting, we're seeing patients, we're trying to do marketing, we're doing SEO, we're building websites, all these things that we sometimes forget that every detail 
is noticed or matters. And so I think you've done such a beautiful curation of your brand, even like in the actual physical practice, not just on Instagram. What you see is what you get. Like it feels the same way both on Instagram as it does when you walk in the front door. But I think you also make it fun. You know, it seems from looking, and again, Instagram is not reality. I get that. But it seems you guys have a lot of fun. I see the TikTok dancing, which... God help me if I have to ever do that. It's going to be a disaster. But you guys are doing fun dances. You're having, you know, you're having a good time. And I think that really shows through in your brand. And that's not always the case for a lot of people. They don't have fun at work. But, you know, you've won tons of awards. You've won Best Boss, by the way. If you guys don't know that, Amy is a Best Boss of the Bucks. How do you curate this experience where your patients love you, but so do your providers? Because that's a big, like a big hurdle to get over. Well, absolutely. Well, we spend most of our times, let's be serious, like being at work and around people. So if you don't love the people that you're around all day, every day, and you can't have that sort of connection and vibe, then I could never imagine myself just going to, you know, collect the paycheck all day, every day for the rest of my life. Like I have to feel like I'm making some sort of an impact and difference. And that's what I want every single person that is part of our squad to feel that they're actually part of something so much bigger than just, you know, who they are and expand on that and really, you know, kind of give them that opportunity to have like autonomy within a framework. We look at each other and we're like, is this even fair that we have so much fun doing what we absolutely love to do? And there's never been one day that I woke up and said, oh my gosh, I have to go into work today or I have to go do what I need to do. Like every day I wake up like so excited, more excited than the one before. And I just, I think that 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 is probably what is the biggest point as far as translating how you truly, truly feel. It's nothing that's for it. So it's, it's authentic to me. And I think what you just said is, is, you know, the nail on the head. If people are happy working with you, they'll be great to your patients and people will buy more because they're happy. They're engaged. They're satisfied. They'll keep coming back. They'll retain. You know, it's a, it's a, a wonderful cycle, not a vicious one. But I think the point of that is you're not punitive. I see so many practice owners who are punitive. They're looking to catch people doing things or give them rules, regulations, and barriers, not legal compliance, not, you know, around medicine, but like, you can't do this, you can't do that. You you belong to us, you work for us. I think you've taken an opposite approach to say, this is like a the squad, the tribe, the, you know, the cool kids. And they have a sense of belonging, which is different than working in a very punitive or, you know, taskmaster type medical spa. Through the process of the past five years, I've learned that, you know, really spending that time in education, mentorship, it was the key. So what I've done is I basically have like residency with with nurses or, um, you know, and really any medical provider that will work as my assistant and kind of, you know, watch from the ground up how to really understand the business, do a proper assessment, um, not just the technical piece, because that that comes with ongoing education. There's more to it, the artistry of it, because as you know, Tiffany, too, that that sometimes is what lacks. That could be the most brightest, smartest, like anatomy, everything guru, but that artistry piece just might not be, you know, there as far as the balance. So just making sure that our comfort level with each other, um, the vibe, the energy with me and, um, you know, the other girls um, are are appropriate. And then they kind of like kick off from there and their stages. And I'm not going to throw somebody who's brand spanking new um, under the bus and say, okay, now you, you know, good thing for you. You have a medical license. Now go inject everything in tear troughs and do all these crazy things. I want them to be able to be very confident with what they're doing 
give safety, of course, and also provide the best outcomes ever for our patients. So it's a process. It's definitely a process. And I think now it's like it's investing back into uh, my people, my squad and and doing things like that. We're able to get top notch quality, um, you know, providers and expand from there. And we're always learning. And I think that that has helped me um, really get that that core group that that are amazing. Well, I think one of the things that we share is this idea of slow to hire. I'm slow to hire, fast to fire. I think people spend way too long him and hong about firing someone, but they'll hire them like on day one, you know, without any second thought. But to that point, how long does this residency program take? So if I get hired to go to Denver today, how long until I'm actually injecting on my own? You know, it really depends on the person. Um, I just kind of started this whole concept of, of doing it this way because I learned before when, you know, I hired you know, friends of mine that were, you know, nurse practitioners and, and, and nurses um, that unless they're going to go all in with me, it's very difficult to get good at what you're doing. So we, we, we tried that beginning part and, you know, it was a, it was a learning opportunity. They, you know, wanted to do this more of a part-time thing, not quite ready to, you know, jump off the ledge and go all in with it. And I've learned that unless you're ready to do that, you know, and that was also on me too, as far as learning what is going to be appropriate and how to really, you know, engage and, and, and grow somebody that, um, you know, you, unless you're going to go all in with this, this is not something you can do part-time. Um, and I, I do believe in that. So I don't hire for part-time anymore. It, it has to be a full-time commitment because if you're committed to me, I'm 110% committed to you. And I, I think that that that's really important. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that you said about, you know, I don't hire part-time people anymore. I always believe, because, I, you know, we've had people who are maybe 30 hours a week, here they are. It takes the same amount of time to train them if they're part-time or full-time. And you only get half the, you know, half the benefit. You only get half the ROI, but you've invested the same amount of time because being great at doing filler requires the same training, whether you're going to do it an hour a week or 80 hours a week. It doesn't matter. And so I think to your point, for you to spend so much time investing in them, they've got to be all in or it's not worth it for you. I mean, your time is too valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if it's taking away too much of what the core is or from other things that I should be you know, really investing my time and energy in, then it probably isn't the right fit. So we can usually, so it's the process and as whole, um, but you know, when you get the right people, it's worth it. And that's what I mean, investing back into um, the squad, making them know how, like how much I love them and appreciate them and vice versa. So there's a mutual respect type of thing too. And yes, we're like an extended family and we're, we're lovely, but there's also those, you know, boundaries that I think I've learned also being able to create so that we don't cross over to the other place where it just becomes like a, you know, free for all kind of thing. So there, there's a time and a place. And yes, we are enjoying every minute that we're here together and we love each other. We are like a family, but also having that, you know, sense of the boundary to and respect for one another. And that's a mutual respect. And for those of you who are, you know, hearing this thinking how, you know, I need more, give me more. I think there's a couple of things that you mentioned that really st- stand out to me is this is not a shadowing program. They're actually working as your assistant. Like they're with you in the room. They're you know, they're like an MA in, in, in a case, you know, they're helping you with your patient load. So they're not shadowing you, which I think is such a misnomer. People want to shadow for months and months. Like shadowing is not active learning. It's just watching and not doing anything. So don't have shadowing. But number two, you know, as you think about people coming on board, this is sort of their probationary period. You know, if you think about any other industry, not healthcare, any other industry, AR, technology, technology, 
anywhere else you are, we hire you and give you so many days in probation. Like you get, you know, in our company, 90 days. If you work out, fabulous. If you don't, we part our ways and we go and we're good. But in those 90 days, basically to what you're doing, we're teaching them about our company. They're doing some demos for us. They're learning and growing. And it's almost like a long interview process, right? It's like before we get married, let's date for a little bit, you know, a little bit of time here. And then if we want to get married, great, let's go to the honeymoon. If we don't, we break up, we move on. So I feel like you're almost building in this idea of a long interview, like a a job skills interview before you have to commit because you could say now at week four, listen, sister, you don't fit here. <laughs> You're not going to hack it in this place. And you've not you've not lost patients who have now gone to that provider who, you know, who now say, oh, well, Sarah was my girl. What happened to Sarah? Well, we had to fire her because she didn't fit in. You, you kind of get to avoid that sort of, you know, that whole mumbo jumbo of people's feelings and such. So I think it's a great idea to do this like long term ramp up. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been working really, really nicely. And it's it's amazing because now, you know, the, my girls who have, you know, were in my room learning at each and every day, watching, I, I don't think there's a better education platform other than that to really be in the room, thrown into it. You know, it's not just like a random, you know, let's just watch someone inject, like you're in it. Like I have them doing everything from, you know, the pictures and you know, with, you know, aesthetic record, I mean, my God makes our life so much easier as far as like keeping everything streamlined, which has been awesome. But from, you know, doing proper pictures, what are we looking at? It's ongoing, like teaching all day long, all day long, we're, we're, we're I'm teaching and vice versa. And I just, I find that is something that, you know, coming from somebody who is more or less self-taught and did not have some sort of mentorship, I am so grateful that I'm able to provide that platform for anybody that comes and, you know, works with me or that I'm training. And I think that's something in our industry that we're, we're somewhat lacking is having that high touch. You know, it's, it's definitely improving. I would say education is of course paramount, but like to have that day to day, like all day, every day, hearing what I'm saying, hearing what I'm doing, the assessment, learning what to look for before and after pictures, learning about all these other things and different techniques. Um, I think it is, is really powerful. Well, my, my partner, both in AR and, you know, life, Dr. Harper, we talk a lot about as the industry is growing, the skill sets aren't, the training is not an industry that's going through tremendous growth right now. Products are coming out left and right. The, the ability to acquire necessary skills, both from a business mentorship perspective, from a skill set of injecting from safety, et cetera, they're not there. There's a massive gap between where we are as an industry maturity from a, you know, being able to do the thing that we do to where the industry is in popularity and in like money growth and profit growth. And so I agree with you. There's this massive gap right now where, you know, if you want to become a cardiologist, they beat that into your head for years and years and years. You go through, you know, residency, fellowship, you learn at a hospital later on, you, you know, you have people with you in surgery for, I don't know how many surgeries here. We're like, ah, you can inject, See you in a few weeks. Good luck. You know, it's just a much different expectation in aesthetics. I know that you're working to change that quite a bit at Glow, uh, Glow both from you as a trainer, you know, nationally with other companies, but also in-house. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you've gone from now, you know, we'll go, we'll go back to your business in a second, but I think the time is fitting now. If you think about Galderma, you're a Gen Now trainer. You're a top 100 Galderma account. You're doing gain all over the place. How did you decide to take up that mantle? Because being a trainer means time out of the practice. You lose money on patients. You have to think about it, prepare for it, spend time at home, you know, drilling your PowerPoint slides. How did you decide that this was a time for you to go do that? So 
I really, it's, a, it's um, not to be too, you know, it's about the soul and everything, but my connection with people and accounts that I get to go train, I love that. I love that energy. I love meeting people that are excited about this industry um, that I can help, you know, help them and learn. And every single training that I go to, too, I usually walk away from learning a lot from them as well. So it goes both ways. Um, and I think, honestly, from being, you know, mentoring my staff here, and other medical providers, that then kind of kicked me into gear to say, there's something more here. I love, I love teaching. I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, it's something that is, you know, has become um, more natural for me. And I, I, I love that whole aspect. So I want to share that with other people. And that's really even when you talk about Gloderma, I want to share that feeling. I want to share that whole experience with others. And the same goes with education and training and learning. And it would, it's, it's, it's a big thing for me. So, um, for Glow Academy that we're just, you know, launching in two weeks from now, which I'm so excited is the first in-house training, um, that we're going to be offering for other medical providers to come and experience, not just Gloderma, but also learn more about the benchmarks of aesthetics and wellness. And you take it from there, specifically mostly on injectables, but not just another injectable course. It's more about combining that artistry, that branding experience, the science part, safety. And it's going to be a great launch, I think, into the future and expand on that. Well, as you think about, you know, Glow Academy, who is your target audience? Is it brand new injectors, people who are in their career, you know, six, six months, maybe two years? Where do you see this from, you know, a newbie to like an advanced injector? I think the, the whole broad spectrum, absolutely. Uh, this first one that we're doing, mostly it's people who are um, brand new to injectables under two years experience. And then from there, I think it's just going to continue to go on you know, more and more as far as doing some more advanced. Because I've been training privately all over the country doing different private trainings and, and that's been really great. So I think that this can appeal to a much broader audience of providers uh, not just the newbies, but also someone who's more experienced and, and, and you know, take it from there. Well, I think that brings us to the, the point of, you know, in your business now, you have, you're launching Glow Academy, which is going to be this, you know, incredible training school that I'm sure will take a lot of your time, be very involved for you. you you've got a whole nother, it's a whole nother baby to build, but you also have, you know, just your core Gloderma. You have your entire IV part of your business. You have this whole health and wellness component of it. You're doing a lot of different things, a lot of different verticals that are all could be their own unique business, right? They could be their own business in isolation, but you've now put them into this bigger business. How do you decide what things you put in front of your patients or in front of you know the industry and what things don't cut it? And then with that being said, are there things that you've done that you're like, this is going to be a great idea? And you're like, oh, gosh, we should have not done that. You know, hit the reverse button. Totally. Um, I always say I don't need to be the best of all things. I just want to be the best of what I'm what I'm doing and what I'm providing and be the you know best version of that. So, um, so yeah. So the ideas within Gloderma, like you know, whether it's with the wellness IVs or branding or training or just you know the core concept of what we do, um, you know. I think that basically expanding from within is is the biggest key component. So I'm I'm careful with what I decide to add on. Same thing we were saying, if it's going to distract from what really why I got started, it's probably not worth it. So go back to like, what do you want to be known for as being an expert in? So I'm not doing surgery. I'm not doing, you know, dermatology, like diagnostic stuff. I'm injecting all day, every day. And that's really where my like, like focus is as far as like as an injector. 
And then within our, um, you know, within Gloderma, basically we, everybody kind of has their niche and they have what they love to do. So the wellness part, my mom, who is also a nurse and has worked, you know, with me, she was a labor and delivery nurse for almost 40 years. And then when I opened up Gloderma, she started helping out very casually because she's not the type to like not, you know, work or do something to support her daughter. And so she has now more or less taken on like a lot of the wellness part. So I'm able to focus in on, you know, more of the injector, the training, the mentorship, but all business components still run fluently together so that they're all still booming. But I've, I've been able to kind of step back a little bit from that so that she can stay, you know, on the forefront of the, you know, the cutting edge of all the different new uh, treatments that are coming out in that arena. So then I can just focus in on that. So it's kind of all about um, making sure that you have the right people in play in order to execute on that. Um, so, and as far as like things that I would have done maybe differently, I've learned now, like our, our model is more, you know, that medical aesthetics, the training, all that kind of stuff that we've kind of eliminated some of the spa services that we used to offer. Um, I know you and I were talking about this the other night. There was a, you know, one of our treatment rooms that now we really need more room for, for, you know, more of the injectable, the wellness, those, those type of treatments. I would walk by it, you know, two out of the five, two out of the seven days, it would be occupied. And all of those other five days, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like we could be using this for others. And it took like a conversation one night after work, getting an IV drip uh, with, with the girls to say, you know what, we really kind of have to think about this and you utilize this room more effectively. So things like that, that I've kind of moved away from, um, not just from a profit access, but also from like what our clientele is, is kind of looking for so that I don't have to like invest any energy in things that maybe aren't like the right fit for what we've become. I think you, you're building more of a center of excellence. I think we would say in the industry where it's the thought leadership, it's learning, you know, learning and influencing the industry, not just doing fun procedures all day, which I say that, I say that in jest, I don't mean that literally, but I think there's a difference in a, in a medical spa that's, that exists to serve patients and patients alone, and one that exists to serve patients and the industry. Those are very different needs, and I think they require a whole different business model. But I want to go back to the idea of IVs. I had you on a webinar during COVID about your IV business, because you have a very successful IV business. You were doing it before it was cool. You were doing it years ago when people weren't thinking about it yet. Now it's like the in vogue thing, but you, you've been ahead of the curve for a few years. But my question for you is, how does that fit in to like a patient visit? So I come in the day to get filler from you or get my lips done. How does the IV world intermingle into your injectable patients? And is it like one feeding the other? How does that referral system work? So, you know, my the, another one of the, you know, concepts of Glodroma is to look and feel your best, right? So um, the IV concept, as far as like why I became even interested into it, moves back to the ERDs with the whole banana bag, thing, you know, concept of it. And you, know, you just feel better after you get fluids and IVs that you're able to absorb quickly and you feel good. So um, that translates in other areas as well, as far as how you feel. So how it looks as far as how I can like kind of cross over the two concepts, um, you know, everything starts with the assessment. We do a full, uh, you know, person, you know, uh, patient assessment, um, some lifestyle, you get to know them. Again, it goes back to like creating that relationship with them. And um, many times it just like, just kind of comes up. I, I kind of roll it out and they, you know, they love it and they feel really good. Um, 
whether it's somebody who's getting injectables and maybe is under a time crunch, they can get an IV while they're getting their injectables. We do have our, you know, our, our fun drip lounge that someone can go into and just relax and kick back and uh, just take a break from the day. I find that that even that whole concept of just being forced to sit for 45 minutes to an hour and focus on nothing but what they're getting done and kind of zone out for a little bit. I think that's really important in this, you know, day and age too, to take those minutes of, you know, self-love and self-care and take time out to, to feel better. So then we have a whole um, wellness program as well that we, that we've launched and kind of expanded on. So that, that's like a whole nother entity with, um, you know, different lifestyle coaching and, and um, wellness support. And it's, it's, it's worked really, really, really wonderful together and people feel really good. And that's, that's really what translates out of all of it. When I think about this idea of like a wellness center, you know, as I hear you talking about it, I feel like you're treating wellness as an overall like holistic patient, you know, from start to finish, A to Z. And on a business perspective, you know, I can only get filler so often, right? I can only come get my lips done every six months or my toxin every 90 days, whatever that is, you know, the cadence that you're doing things. And they don't come back in the meantime in many places, but you're offering things to get them back in the door which are not injectable driven. I think about an IV, you know, that's a pretty low overhead procedure, you know, as far as, a, as the supplies, it doesn't require constant supervision, you know, an RN can start an IV in most places. It's a much different world than having to have, you know, an injector in the room injecting all day. I think you've done a really smart thing with finding repeat or recurring revenue that's not dependent only on filler or toxin or that, you know, retreatment of, of those patients. So, and I don't know if you see that. Do you see that in your, you know, as you look at your profit, do you see them coming back more often for things that aren't just filler? How does that work in the business part of it? Yeah, for sure. So we we do a whole aesthetic plan with somebody. So that leads into not just injectables, um, you know, microneedling, PRS, laser, um, and also wellness as well. So once we develop that plan, it's more or less our blueprint that we work off of. So that's how we integrate and weave that in. Um, and then the other thing is, as far as like, we always have, you know, multiple nurses here, um, seven days a week, we're open. And so it's very easy to have somebody like if someone wants like a last minute IV to have kind of be able to you uh, work that into our flow here. So so that's been really, you know, really, really good. And to your point, it gets people in wanting um, to be in your space more. They feel better, and ultimately, you know, they live they live a happier life outside of it. So, so that so that from a business perspective, there's packages you can buy. There's you know the whole wellness program that's on a regular, um, you know, it's like more like accountability type of coaching, which is really really awesome. And it does it keeps that high touch engagement, which I think is really important. And sometimes that gets lost in translation with other business models. So we're all about that high touch making people feel really, really, you know, happy to be there, like, and leave feeling great. Did you guys catch that? Seven days a week, they're open. That's remarkable. Seven days a week is a lot. I mean, thinking about it from a, an owner perspective, like you've got to be engaged, at least even if you're not in the practice for two days, you're after, you're still thinking about it, right? If the place, if there's an emergency, if there's an, an adverse event, if there's a problem, you're still on the clock literally seven days a week. Like I feel that for you because I know how that feels 100%, but you are constantly involved in your business. And I think that, that you have to be, because if you're not, then, then where, what are you leaving it to? And I think that, that for me, it's, it's, it's what I do. It's my passion. It's my drive. I love it. Um, but I'm also very, very fortunate again, to have the right people in place now as a squad that I'm able to go do that. And that's really 
you know, we chatted about this the other night too. Whereas at some point along the way, I thought maybe I'll have, you know, 50 locations across the world and do all these other things, Bodermas. And I've kind of like dialed back in as to how I want to like operate my life, not just professionally, but also personally. And how do I expand on that of skill sets that I feel, you know, that I have. And that's where that training component comes into. That's, you know, travel, being able to connect with people on a, on a much larger scale and necessarily not have to have that many locations as part, but taking Bloderma and being able to help integrate um, the concept and the belief of what I stand for with other providers and other practices and expand in that way, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it, it makes total sense. And also thinking about this idea of working on your business, not in your business, which leads me to this idea about you with nurse, with nurse practitioner school, because I know that you're back in school. And to me, that's working on the business, right? That's, you know, anytime you get an advanced degree, it helps out with obviously privileges and owning practices and multiple things. But we talked about the other night a little bit, you know, legal compliance, regulatory issues and what you're learning and how you know how much that that really factors into what you're doing. But I think about as an RN owning a business, like you're under fire, you're under siege. People are trying to come at you nonstop as an RN right now saying you shouldn't be able to do this. This should not be allowed for you. Knowing that I know you enough to know that you've got this thing buttoned up and it is ironclad. But, you know, what are the challenges in that? And what are you seeing and hearing in the industry that concerns you or, you know, was your reason for going back to get an NP degree? You know, expanding my you know degree, that was always a personal goal for me, even you know back in the day. Like when I sort first switched my major with nursing, I said, I want to be a pediatric nurse practitioner, work at Children's Hospital and like do all that. And then I became a mom and I realized I don't necessarily want to be exclusive to pediatrics and like that kind of setting. But um, it was always kind of in the back of my brain. But like life, you know, I, I had five kids in my twenties and that was, that's what, that's what was my focus. And I, and I love being in the ER and so on and so forth. So it's always, it's always more or less been there. Um, now I feel like there's no time like right now. And it's something that, um, you know, I think as an industry, it's definitely leaning towards that, you know, nurse practitioners are able to have more autonomy. I'm learning that in this class, you know, that I'm taking currently right now and necessarily learning things that I never really thought I had much interest into, but now it's becoming, to, it's becoming like it's clicking with me to say that it's really, really important for me to be aware and in the know of this concept as well as about policies, about different law changes. And because you can see it, uh, actually Pennsylvania, I just found out it just became a compact state. Uh, which is huge over here, I know. So I think it, okay, it's New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland, Ohio, I think are the ones that they've, they've rooted, which is a huge, huge thing. We, you know, we've talked about compact, you know, uh, agreements for, for years. So that's really good. So I feel like rules and regulations are moving in that. So yes, I'm working in the business because I see that there's a future and there's a potential to even be able to, um, you know, sustain what I'm doing and, and add to the whole portfolio and also, you know, give me that, give me more knowledge and why not? Um, but I think as far as, you know, running the business too, it's really important. And um, yeah, you just have to make time for it. Well, so if you didn't catch that guys, compact license right now, I think it's 35 States. What you just said puts it to 40, a massive opportunity because Amy's training for Galderma all over the country. So you're able to now inject as soon as this gets finished, inject in all these states because a compact is like a reciprocity license. You can inject it all in Texas, which is like a, a crazy state to get a license. You can come here and inject for us in Texas. But that's, you know, that's the enterprising mindset of, 
the compact license now could take Glow Academy on the road. You know, you could take it to other states and do things different places. And it's, a, I think, really seizing the moment of things that happen, especially in the legal compliance world. We talked about, you know, you and I have talked about on many occasions as these things come out, you know, AMSPA puts out an article or someone else does, you know, hysteria strikes everywhere. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to, you know, hurt our practice or whatever. And people don't stop and dig into it. They just read at face level and they panic and the world's over. But I think taking the steps to learn about policy and about procedures and things makes you a better provider in general, for sure a better business owner, because then you can kind of cut through the fluff and find out what really matters to you. So, you know, I think it's fantastic. I think at some point the states are going to come down and say you have to have an advanced degree to practice. We're already seeing it in Louisiana. We see it in Florida, other states as well. It's just it's not a safe place to be right now. I think we're going to have to all kind of move toward that NPPA world to stay able to inject. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's one of the trends. And you know, I listen to my gut and it just seems like, you know, I'm, I have about two years left. I'm going at a very, you know, moderate pace to say the least, but um, I'm excited for it. And I, I do see that, you know, becoming more or less like what the future is going to be, especially in the States. Well, to that same point, thinking about, you know, because at some point you'll have to go to clinicals. You'll be out of the practice for like, I don't know, a whole year. It seems like it's forever. You mentioned delegating earlier. Now that you've grown to have all these different verticals and things, how's like the leadership model change? Because you can't control all of it. Do you have managers? Do you have, you know, leads on things? How have you structured your hierarchy at Gloderma to sort of sustain all the things that you're doing? Exactly. And that that also back to the point that being able to step away and expand in that way is really important to me. And so that the business can continue to operate efficiently and be successful in the same same regard. So yeah, so we have like an infrastructure. Um, there's I have a staff of about 12 now. And, and that everyone has their role of what they're supposed to do so that if somebody does step away, we also are cross-trained in order to pick that up so that if someone goes on vacation, we're not left to be like, oh my gosh, who's doing, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, it's just, it's kind of just like a pattern and rhythm that we've been able to get into uh, an organization as well. So that, you know, I'm like the creative one. I like to like run around and like, you know, I ideas all day, every day of what I want to do and how I want to expand. It. And that's where I like super excel. But I also need that balance with um, with people who are going to bring me back down to earth for a minute and say, okay, this is what logistically we can do so that we can like execute it the way that you want it. You know, so it's it's, it's definitely, you know, it, it's a back and forth between, between uh, personalities, but it all blends together. So as far as like being able to like step away, I think that's really important for me because I, 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 as much as I love being here, I also know that there's so much opportunity um, across the whole world that I think that I really want to be a part of. Well, and as you grow a business, I think one of the things people forget about is it's a business. You know, I see startups who they grow to have 20, 30 employees, and they're still the only leader, like they're still the only person in charge. It's like, that's not going to work. You know, you think about any, any division of labor. Yeah, I think what is it like five or six people per one manager is a pretty smart ratio. But to your point, you know, you can't be in all the places at once. So having people who are focused on only that thing can report up to you. You're still in charge of it all overview wise, but they're in charge of their own little day to day domain. I think at as a startup grows, that's a hard thing for people to get through their mind. It's like you've got to delegate that day-to-day operational power to the people who are, you know, who are under your scope of, you know, responsibility and let them do it. Let them grow and prosper. Absolutely. And that's what I've, I've, I really have. I'm so proud of everybody because I've watched, you know, you know, some of my squad who's been with me from the early beginnings, like how like they've, you know, really grown into the roles of leadership. So I feel really confident with that. 
And, you know, we have constant, you know, lines of communication, obviously, and meetings and so on and so forth, and trying to just connect all parties together so that we're all on the same page. And I think sometimes also with different practices that, you know, I've trained personally, there's that disconnect from, you know, the, the management to the providers and so on and so forth. So keeping that consistency and constant communication open, um, it just helps everybody. Well, and having people who lead that don't just say yes. I find that to be the other issue is like, oh, I've got all these managers, but whatever I say to do, they just do it. Like to your point, you were saying, you know, people to kind of gut check you and push back and, and debate you on things. I, have, I had Kim Welch on, who's a, a nurse here in Texas. And she said, you know, my husband makes the decisions because if I want the laser, I'm going to convince, the, you know, convince myself to buy the laser where he doesn't love it. So he's like, Kim, not a good decision. Financially, it makes no sense. Who's the market? What's the business plan? You, know, you never let the person who loves the thing decide whether or not to buy the thing because they're always going to say yes. You need that naysayer to be like, hi, huh, I mean, this is maybe not a good choice for you. Let's think through this because you do need you need a yin and a yang. You need balance. And I think in business, when you are a demanding and commanding leader, it's often hard to find people to balance you out because they're scared or they just go along with it because it's not worth fighting with you. I'm guilty of that at times. I'm, I'll just say, you know what? It's not worth the fight. Just do it. I'll pick up the pieces later. That's a terrible way to be, but at some point we're tired, right? We're tired of fighting. So I, I feel like at your office, that's not the case. Or you wouldn't, you wouldn't win best boss if you were that way. So <laughs> okay. thank you. Yeah, I know it, it, it is. It's a really good balance. And um, I think you just learn that with experience and, you know, how to kind of step back for a minute. And, you know, I know things that I'm very good at. And I also know things that I'm not so good at. So it's okay with also acknowledging that. And thinking about this from a time perspective as well, if I have people that can help me execute some of these things that maybe take a little bit more effort and thought process to, then I'm only better off at the things that I know that I'm really good at. And, you know, that goes, that goes both ways. So it definitely, it's imperative. It's, it's super important to be able to have the right people um, as part of your team and surrounding you in order to, to deliver that. Well, I want to transition because I think we all know at this point that you're a branding genius. Your Instagram proves that. You guys are doing phenomenal work. You've had a consistent on-brand message for a lot of years. So I think we, you know, we could all learn lessons there. But I want to go to a whole different area, which is about you being a trainer on stage. Because I think the the jump for a physician to train on stage isn't that big. Because they're already doing podium things in residency. And they're presenting papers and things. You know, and even some nurse practitioners. But for nurses, it usually is a big transition to go from like being in the clinic to now being in front of a thousand people lecturing on a topic. That's a scary place to be for any of us, right? People are petrified of talking in front of a large audience. How did you learn that? Because you're a very in-demand trainer. How did you learn to look at your PowerPoint deck, find the important information, deliver a talk, inject on camera? Like, how do we learn to be like you if we're a nurse listening right now saying, I want to be Amy, how do I start? So I think, you know, it's when you're talking about something that you love and that you do all day, every day, it's kind of, it comes a little bit easier than trying to talk about something that you don't know anything about. So um, as far as like learning how to just present, I'm still learning. Um, but it's also something that when I'm talking about something that I'm, I'm into and that's a part of me. I think that piece becomes a little bit, you know, more effortless as well. Um, not to say you don't get the goosebumps and like, you know, the little, you know, excitement beforehand, but that's what makes it, that's what makes it real. And that's what makes it fun. So um, really being able to engage in that way and being on stage is a huge honor for me to even given, be given the opportunity to do that. 
because then you're able to expand your outreach even more so and maybe give some inspiring you know techniques and and just inspire others to to want to want to do the same thing and that's I know for me early on when I would go to all these conferences and still watching my colleagues and friends up on stage, I'm just so proud of them. And it's such a, a such an important platform in order to connect with others. And it gives you that inspiring and that like, wow, like maybe I can do that one day or, oh, wow, I, I wish I could, you know, in, like inject like that. It's just part of your flow. So I think practice is, is huge. But um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I've been learning to really, really enjoy that that piece of this of giving. You know, it's truly honored to ever give an opportunity to be able to step on stage and and share what I what I love. Well, I think you're going to be part of the contour launch coming up for the new wrestling contour. So you'll be part of sort of that brand messaging. And so, you know, to that point, being on message, being on brand, what's it like to be out talking for another brand as if it's your own? You have to own it and live it and breathe it. Obviously, you you don't own Galderma. But you have to talk about Galderma like you talk about Glowderma. So how you know how does it how does that work for you? And how do you kind of get yourself in the right mindset? Because I feel like that's the missing piece. Nurses can talk about what they do all day long. They can talk about their own practice all day, but saying it in the words of another company, their PowerPoint deck, their spiel is where it can kind of get a little dicey. It gets tricky. Right. I think it's like the big thing is like getting back down to earth and 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 talking to people like they're people and not like that there's some like, you know your ego is like out to, out to whatever you can't fit through the, through the door. But I think for me, it's like that, that reconnection with people and talking to them on that, that level. Um, I can only talk about things that I believe in. So any product that I talk about are products that I use. It's products that I've had done to me and it's products that I can stand by. So I can't take that at all. So that part is not um, difficult for me whatsoever, because I really do believe in the products that I'm talking about, whether, you know, even if it's not, you know, necessarily Glowderma brand based, but, you know, for Galderma and, and being able to share those products, I believe in them and I use them. So these tools are, it's very easy to describe and explain and, and um, share that with other people because it's, it's real. Cause I, I believe in it. And I think that you're teaching and training all day long. You have an unfair advantage because you're practicing all day, every day. And, People who do training oftentimes are not doing that. You know, their first training in six weeks is at an office, a peer-to-peer training. You're practicing these skills every single day. So you're, you can try out messaging, you can try out different things, different metaphors and techniques. I feel like people who can train inside their own practice have such a better chance for success than those who do not. So I think you're you're getting some in-house you know, in-house training, but also now you can start to mentor others on how to become trainers. I think about Glow Academy, what a great place to learn to be a trainer, bring in extra faculty, teach them what you what you know, how you, you know, how you're doing it. You've, you can kind of build your own highway of talent because people like me need great talent to put on stage and it's becoming harder and harder to find. I, you know, I have to rack my brain about who to put on stage because people are either scared of it or they're not used to it or they don't want to talk about things that, you know, that aren't their way. Because sometimes you have to do things the manufacturer's way. So, you know, I think that there's a big gap. You like to fill gaps. There's a gap you should fill. Teach us all how to be trainers. Get us prepared. I love that. No, I absolutely, I think cultivating leadership. I mean, there's, that's, that's a huge gap. I think sometimes that people get so just like head down, focus on their own like self with that. Whereas there's such a huge or absolutely right opportunity to just cultivate more leaders that, you know, can just, can expand on, on, on what we do. And I, I think it's, it's great. And I'm just, I'm very grateful to kind of like moving in that direction of additional trainers and not just, you know, a random course, but really to cultivate leaders. 
Well, I know it'll be on brand and be beautiful, but you're probably building content right now and curriculum and you're probably in crazy build mode. So you said two weeks for Glow Academy to launch. So whenever this podcast comes out, it may it may already be launched. So make sure that you guys go check that out to see how to get on Amy's schedule for training. But back to your overall just clinic, Glowderma in general, what's next for you with that? What is your next big milestone or next big frontier? Let's see. So the next big uh, frontier. So obviously expanding what we're already doing, but also kind of dialing back into what the core is. Um, that That's huge. And of course, the training as well. Um, I... I find myself, I, I think I'm getting more driven into the point of just, you know, being out there more in the overall world of trying to connect with other amazing providers, uh, learning from one another. Um, that's what that's what it's all about. And also just expanding, you know, my my outreach and touch with with other providers that are interested, or already doing the wonderful world of aesthetics. So I'm super excited to see what the future holds. When you did your CAN certification, which I think is a huge step for anyone, if you're in this industry, go take the CANS exam because I think you get instantly a network of people who are like you, who believe what you, you know, believe in this thing like we believe in this thing, but also because it's a certification, which we're lacking in our industry at, at a huge level. So that's kind of step one for me is like, get that done. But I think now it's time to build your own brand. You know, you're at the point in your career where Glowderma is going to sustain and be successful regardless. But now you, Amy, as the injector, the trainer, the brand, the hopefully future researcher, you know, all the things that you can do, you're at that that pivotal point where you can become famous just like your brand can. And I think that's a part where people get, they get really nervous and they get really unsure of that. But you're already taking the right steps to kind of, you know, build your own career, build your own brand and, and do your own thing outside of just your practice, which can sustain because your name is not on it, by the way. Her name is not on her practice, guys. So if she wants to be able to sell it, she can do that because it's not tied to her as a person. So again, another really smart choice on your behalf. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 more or less exactly in a nutshell that where I'm where I'm seeing this is, you know, expanding in that avenue. And I'm just really excited. I feel like I'm, I'm ready to, to do this. It's It's really exciting. Well, you'll be at Aesthetic Next in September, so come see her in our clinical, tr- I think business or clinical track, but she'll be on site. Hopefully, we'll get some um, Glow Academy plugs while we're there to get you some some new students, but um, Amy's been a fantastic you know, brand ambassador for Galderma when I work there for her own brand, for her providers who she's training. You know, I think that you're remarkable. You have five children, which is insane on, on its own without any kind of full-time job. So as a kind of close up shop here today, I want to talk about that, how you're able to be awesome at all these things and be this super invested, super engaged mom. I mean, you do stuff with your kids. You don't just have kids. Like you're a mom, like you're in their lives. How are you balancing all that and surviving still? Well, you know, when they say it takes a village, that's absolutely what it takes. So, um, you know, from the wonderful support from my parents and family and, you know, close friends, you know, it's like, it's that's how I do it. And also being able to delegate and not feeling like I have to, if I have to miss a baseball game because I'm doing a training, it's like not being so hard on myself either and kind of letting it be. But when I'm with my kids, I'm all in with my kids. And when I'm, whatever I'm doing that, I try to stay as present as absolute possible um, in order to really enjoy them and be, you know, a, a huge part of their lives and vice versa, as well as be a successful business owner and um, do all the other wonderful things that I have planned for. Well, are the kids on the payroll yet? Are they working at Glowderma? Yeah, pretty much. My uh, my uh, middle daughter, uh, she's uh, she's going to be working part-time with me this summer, I think. Got to keep her busy. So she's amped up about that. So yeah, hopefully it'll just be, you know, a wheel that just, you know, a family wheel that keeps on giving uh, with Glowderma and we'll keep it all in the family. 
Well, they'll learn great lessons about being an entrepreneur and being true to yourself and to your brand. So I think it's great. Put those kids to work. If Christian, my seven-year-old, go to work, he'd be here right now working. Vacuuming the floors, doing something. But he's a little too lazy, Amy. He doesn't have the same genes that your kids do. He's He, he doesn't want to work with mom just quite yet, but one day, one day soon. Well, I think he's he's watching and he's learning and he's he's definitely appreciates all the things that you do. And that's, that's kind of the life lessons I hope that my kids take too, that they're, it's not just, you know, going to work. It's really like making an impact and, and loving what you do and building something from the ground up and, um, you know, living your best life. Yeah. Building the future. I think you and I both came from uh, a bit of humble beginnings to get here. I think we talked about the other night, you know, this is like the day you prayed for, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this day is better than any day we could have ever thought we were going to ever have. And so, you know, here it is, we can just go up from here, but uh, you know, I appreciate your insight on all things, especially motherhood and surviving it and being able to do it so well and have a successful business. I just think that's remarkable. So May we all strive to be more like you in our motherhood journeys and aesthetics. <laughs> it's, it's all learning opportunities. And um, no, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you beyond. So, so thank you so much. Well, for the record, you have been a fantastic guest here today on our podcast. And we've enjoyed learning all about you. So tell us where to go to find out about Glow Academy, about your business, about you as a person. Give us all your, all your social and website handles. So um, on uh, Instagram, it's at Glowderma or Amy Burks RN is my personal, uh, Facebook as well, Glowderma, and it's G-L-O-D-E-R-M-A, no W, <laughs> drop the W. And um, yeah, so please like reach out, connect. And uh, I can't wait to hear from everybody who wants to, wants to chat more. We'll put all this as well in the description for all of our listeners so they can find you. But if you guys want to see Amy come in September to Dallas or go to her website, book a class at Glow Academy or stop by Yardley PA and see her and get some injections either way. And I cannot wait for Aesthetic Next this year. It is going to be amazing. So everybody listening needs to <laughs> sign up immediately because it is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to be with everybody again in person. It's going to be amazing. So super pumped about that. It's going to be a four-day hug fest, I'm sure. A four-day hugging and being so excited to be together again. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you in a few months. And guys, we will see you all next week. Thanks so much, Amy. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at aestheticrecord.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.